I'm Seth Michael Ney. I'm Sean Behrens. I'm Abram Kaplan. And I'm Judy Mayer. And And you're you're listening listening to Obscuria Filmcast. Greetings and welcome to Obscuria Filmcast. I'm your host, Abram Kaplan. And we will be joined momentarily by Sean, Seth, and Judy. Today we will be discussing the film Freak Out 2015, directed by Boaz Armoni, written by Lior Lederman, and starring Itai Zvolon, Kai Korabelnikov, and Asaf Ben Shimon. An Israeli soldier sets off for a week of patrolling with his unit, and it's not long before strange and frightening things begin to happen to all the soldiers and they start to question whether they will come out of this experience alive. If you like a good slasher film that milks its low budget for every morsel of entertainment imaginable, Freak Out will not disappoint. Packed with dark humor, biting political and social satire, and surreal Kafkaesque nightmarishness, Freak Out is a horror flick that punches way above its indie film weight class. Freakout is available to stream on the Tubi and Izzy platforms and is available for rental or purchase on Apple TV and Vudu. If you enjoy our podcast, please subscribe to us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Leave a like and comment on one of our YouTube streams and share a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate all of your support and welcome your engagement on our weekly YouTube live streams. If you would like to suggest a film for future episodes and have the opportunity to participate in our live stream, please email us at obscuriafilmpodcast at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. And now, here is our live discussion with Sean, Seth, and Judy. We are talking about the film that I selected today called Freak Out, which came out in 2015. It's an Israeli comedy horror film. Um, and well, this is the first foreign language film that we've chosen for this uh, program. And um, I'm currently in the process of learning Hebrew. So I've been watching a lot of Israeli cinema and television. Uh, which I find to be very interesting. Uh, it's been a lot of American television series that people think are American are actually based on Israeli um, uh, TV shows. Like, for example, like really big ones like Homeland. A lot of people don't mm-hmm. realize Homeland is based on an Israeli, uh, is written by an Israeli writer. In Treatment. Um, in Treatment was an Israeli program. Wow. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot of examples of this. And uh, Israeli writers and directors are infer- infiltrating Hollywood left and right. Um, I think that this film is like a, to- like a super independent film. Uh, I don't know that much about 
the director and the writer. They're kind of like, um, I don't know. I, I has, their, this is the only thing the writer yeah, has. The, this is the only credits that the writer has. The director's done a bunch of stuff. Boaz Armani. Shout out to Boaz Armani and, um, and Lior Lederman. Um, I really enjoyed this film. I saw it like because I, I subscribed to an Israeli streaming site that had this show, this film uh, featured on it. And I was like, this looks cool. I'll watch uh, Israeli comedy horror. And I just thought the writing was really funny, really clever. And I thought this was a great example of a film that uh, packs a whole lot of story and, and into, you, you know, milks like a simple theme for a lot of story has really good dialogue, was really funny, and uses um, like, uh, you know, typical horror, uh, low budget special effects really well. And um, again, just coming from a guy that's not a big horror guy, but I enjoyed this movie, I think more than I typically would a horror film, just because I thought it was like really hilarious and satirical. And I enjoyed a lot of the, like, what I thought was kind of like these sort of, uh, over-the-top cultural commentary. Um, there was a lot of, like, like I put in the description for this film, I thought it was very, like, Kafka-esque and sort of uh, dealing with, like, identity and, like, like people's place in, in the world and feeling, like, sort of kind of this whole, the whole feeling of isolation and not fitting in and being, like, an outsider. And I think Also, it's, the like, comedy. Kafka's... He's yeah, hysterical. He yeah, he I agree. A lot of comedies. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I think pretty much everything Kafka did was comedy, and like, I, like to Sean's point, I, I think a lot of people don't appreciate. People always talk about Kafka being dark and depressing, and mm -hmm. I think people fail to realize that he was he was taking a piss out of, like, you know, what he thought was almost sort of just like he was making fun of society. I thought of him more as like a satirist than anything. Hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, he anyway, I thought this was a really great, like, satirical film as well. So actually, one of one of Kafka's favorite jokes was that uh, his one of his best jokes was um, uh, somebody says there is no hope, but then somebody else says no, there is hope, just not for us. <laughs> and that was and that's a Kafka joke, and that and that you know is like this this movie because it. Because I guess uh, Matan, what's his name? The main character. The character's name, the main character's name is Matan, yeah. Matan. Mm -hmm. He has this relationship with his mother, and I get it. And um, you know, when you're Israeli, you have you're you're volunteered for war and you're in the military, maybe not war, but you're in the military. Yeah, you're com it's compulsory. Compulsory. Yeah. And, and he's like and he's like a nerdy, like like he's a nerdy desk jockey guy like he didn't do any combat in the military and he's thrown into this scene you know it's basically reservist duty he's going in to do this weekend shift basically that nobody wants to do he doesn't want to do it and the other guys don't want to do it and the other guys are like seasoned um and they're uh, all friends they're all friends and they're all from the same military like a uh, combat unit this kid is not from any combat unit he's got like a, a desk job I think it's this was his clear. first gig. Yeah, his first gig. In well, the this field. is his first. This is his first experience with. Um, yeah, this is his. Well, I mean, they make jokes about it. He's like, "Well, you did learn how to shoot a gun in your basic training, right?" But this is his first active duty yeah. situation where he's actually gotta be like, you know, whatever. 
And so he's nervous just because he doesn't know where he's going. And he's basically, the film starts with him on the bus heading towards, um, heading, driving through an Arab village before they pick up the other soldiers. Talking and, to his mother. And he's texting with his mom. He doesn't know what's going on. He's worried. He's confused. And, you know, then these other guys come on the bus and they're all joking <laughs> around and shooting the shit and being very macho and, um, you know, and he's just sort of like, what the hell am I in for? And then they get, yeah, and they get to the base and they're all like super freaked out. I mean, he's he's super freaked out. They're fine. Wait, before, before they Sorry, get to ahead. the base. Before oh, yeah, they, they get stop, to the base. They stop at a uh, Arab restaurant in this village. And these and guys are Israeli. Yeah, so. and they're just fucking playing pranks on this kid, Matan. Like, he's really nervous. They're treating the Arab um, rest. They're treating the Arab staff at the restaurant like really badly. They're being really rude to them disrespectful. and disrespectful. And Matan is like <sighs> calling them out, being like, "Come on, man! Like, why are you doing that? They're gonna, you know." Um, yeah. Doesn't he know. think they're gonna hunt them down? Well, he starts yes. getting freaked out that like these guys are gonna go after him because the the guys ended up skipping out on the check and like leaving him there, and then the bus starts driving off, and then he like runs out of there. Like, run they're out. just pranking him left and right, giving, and and there's one scene when they finally get to the base where they're where he's like, "What's the matter with you guys? You know those guys are gonna come after us. They you know they, they could try to hurt us." He's like, "Let me ask you something. What if mm -hmm. you ran out of a check in Tel Aviv? If you left at a restaurant, you think that the you would be afraid that the restaurant owner would come and try to kill you because uh, because you uh, ran out on a check. It's like, that's racist, don't you think? Do you think these Arabs are so fucked up, you know, that they're going to come and try to kill you because you skipped out on a check? Like, it, it, and it's just kind of funny. Because it feels... Because what they're sort of doing is they're they're kind of like taking a jab at the liberal elite. Like, there's like a sort of liberal elite bubble in Tel Aviv of people that don't really like they have all of these like liberal ideas about Palestinians and Arab population and this and that, but they don't actually interact or deal with them on any level. So it's sort of like they have this weird fetishization, like almost kind of like a, this fantasy about them, whether they like are trying to portray them as these innocent poor victims, or they're trying to portray them as these like demonic, you know, uh, Yes, Sean, they do very much like soccer. Like everywhere, everyone else in the world loves soccer. Every culture in, on planet Earth loves soccer. So yes, it's really- I, I tap something in the chat. Okay, I yeah, I see it. <laughs> um, no, so, so it's kind of just like funny because they're making, they're sort of making fun of like liberal elites with like on some level, I think with that. But, also, um, those three guys were extremely annoying the whole time. I guess they could have been funny, but I really wanted Matan to take a baseball bat to their face, all of them. I, I, I wish, I mean, that would have been great for me if that w was the direction the movie would have went in. It, it, did, it did not, but those guys were getting really annoying. But I'll do tell, I'll, I will say, say this, I really did like the dialogue. Whoever they cast was perfect. Everybody was perfect. And they had this, and the way they did this story is that they had a watchtower, and even when there's when they were when the sergeant was there, well, when the guys get there, there's there's two uh, so soldiers who were women, and they were chit chatting there and stuff and whatever else, and they were saying they're going to change the sergeants, and the the new sergeant is there, and the sergeant, the new sergeant was saying, 
If you look to the right, there's nothing in the shape of mountains. If you look to the left, there's nada in the shape of nothing. And there's Who's just it? nothing. And that was actually a br brilliant literary device because in Hebrew, there's two ways of saying nothing. Really? Um, yeah. And so, like, it was translated, like, you can say klum, which means nothing, like, as one word. Or you can say shum davar, which literally means no thing. So those are two different ways oh, of saying the same thing. It was kind of a brilliant, yes, it was like a brilliant <laughs> liter, literary device that he actually, that, and that, that's funny that you mentioned that because that, that line really stuck with me. It was a good um, line, yeah. Yeah. I just always like, like that because that watchtower became the narrative device for the movie because they all have to stand guard in certain shifts, but the three jerks do it in such a way where they make Matan and take advantage of his kindness. So he's standing guard this whole time. And, yeah. uh, and Matan sent a message out to his mother for his mother to call the lieutenant back at base so the lieutenant could get him out of this week-long duty of being in the watchtower. So Matan has to like stand guard duty, but they're waiting for a phone call and all this other stuff. And one of the and one of the jerks is upset that his girlfriend had a picture on Facebook. Well, that also it should be understood. Like by the audience, they keep pressuring Matan into taking on all of the responsibility. Yeah, I was like Matan, like, do something. Yeah, they're basically turning him into a chump, and then I like, had to take a break. But yeah, I don't watching know. Watching it. Does anybody else want to go in on the narr narrative a little bit? rather than me just try to tell the whole story. I think, I think the thing that I really liked about this is, I mean, I've only seen one other modern military Israeli film, and it's, and it's the cartoon uh, Waltzing Bashir. Oh, yeah, yeah. The thing that I got from that um, is you don't really see it in American films very much, except to say, oh, these, these, these are kids. Yeah. We sent out these kids, but the thing in Waltzing Bashir and in this one is they're up there, they're teenagers, they're like at the height of when you think you might be an adult, but you're an <laughs> ass, like you have, you know, you're, you're in college, you're at your college, like you know, get out of the way, I'll open the soda. I know people. everything, I know everything, I'll show you the way to the refrigerator, young lady. <laughs> Like that—that's the age that you're—you're you're at, and they really capture that. And I also think it's like it can't just be in Bashir and in this. It must be part of the whole culture because everyone, what is seventeen, eighteen, goes in, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, military service is compulsory. Now that doesn't mean everybody's a, ends up in combat, right? Um, but there's a lot of, and less and less, more and more people are ending up in other kinds of military specializations uh, because Israeli military is, is becoming increasingly more and more specialized as time goes on because it's, yeah. it's a regional superpower now. Um, but, you know, but you do see what you see in this film, I think is a lot of like the internal conflict, not just, I think what, one of the statements, I don't know if they're actually trying to make this statement or not, but to me, it seemed like whether it's conscious or not, it's, it's there that there's this sort of, uh, in per particularly on the part of the public, like outside of Israel, there's this perception that you have Israelis who are Jews and they are struggling in this sort of existential battle with their 
Arab counterparts within Israel and in, in the territories um, surrounding Israel. When it, in reality, like there's so much internal conflict in Jewish society in, in the, in the, within the Jewish state um, that is so much more complicated in a lot of ways than the conflict between uh, uh, Wait, Israelis really? and Palestinians. So, yes, because, for, okay, first of all, you have like, and this is sort of like a, a my, more subtle theme, is you have the kind of like uh, Ashkenazi Mizrahi tension. Like when they're in the, they're in the restaurant, the, the religious guy who's like, um, you know, got the darker hair, the darker complexion, mm-hmm. he's making all these comments about, well, well if I was a blonde Ashkenazi, I would oh, have yeah. gotten, I would have been able to get a, you know, a job working in, uh, you know, computers as well and, uh, or whatever, which it's sort of an outdated kind of thing. But like, there was a little bit of that, like, well, you're, you know, you're just, you're from this different culture and like you, you were able to uh, skip the line ahead of me. I'm a very good with computers, whatever, but I'm also not a pussy. And so I joined the, uh, the, the I joined the, the tank um, brigade or whatever. Um, and then you have with the, character we haven't mentioned yet which is the um what what was his title the the sergeant. uh the sergeant the, the sergeant yeah yeah um the guy who's basically the base commander um who's like this kind of weird nerdy guy he's russian right so i don't know like most a lot of people don't know this but there's about um in the last 40 years or so about a million russians emigrated to israel a million? about a million yeah so um, that's about one sixth of Israel. But Israel is like smaller wow. than New Jersey, isn't he? Isn't it? Are you talking about the population, or are you talking no, I mean about like the land, land size? The land like, mass is about the same as New Jersey. Wow. Um, and so, and the, the Jewish population in Israel is about seven million. The Arab population in Israel is about two, two point five million. And then and the Palestinian population, the Arab population in the disputed territories, is another couple of million. Jesus. So, so basically, like you have a million Russians coming in over the course of the last uh, several decades, and many of these Russians aren't technically Jewish, or they are, but like in order to be considered like uh, um, halakhically legally Jewish, you have to have your mother has to be a, a Jew. So, if your mother's 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 mother is a Jew, then you're a Jew. But if your mother's mother was Christian. And uh, like, like if your mother's mother was a, um, Goyim. let's say your mother, let's say you're a Russian guy from, let's say you're from, you know, Russia and your mother's mother, uh, was, um, you know, Orthodox Christian and your mother's father and your father's parents were both Jewish. You're three quarters Jewish. You're technically not Jewish by Jewish law. And, but the right of the law of return in Israel says that if you have, the, they used the same standard that the Nazis used, which was if you had one Jewish grandparent and you associated your and you were affiliated with the Jewish community in any way, or you identified as a Jew and you had one Jewish grandparent, you were considered a Jew and you would be shipped off to a concentration camp. So the Jews were so the Israeli state adopted the same standard. So anybody that's what I thought. Anybody who has one quarter Jewish blood can become an Israeli citizen and. Gradually, actually, in many cases, assimilate to, you know, Jewish society as well. So there's a lot of like, you know, you have a lot of like in the, you know, the Russian community, 
there's a there's a lot of tension and there's a lot of sense of um there's a lot of identity issues and a sense of like not being uh treated or considered to be um fully jewish or on the same level and so the, i think some of the this the, the fact that they chose the psycho guy to be this russian guy who clearly like had some kind of a difficult past and ended up in israel uh, because he, he said family he talks about he, said how he doesn't have a home to go back to. he doesn't have a home to go back to and and this is a theme that like jewish people are supposed to relate to in general because like this has been a problem for the jewish people for so much of history but his character in particular um is is interesting because he's like a supposed to be like this weirdo freak and they're making fun of his russian music and all this stuff and it's not like oh, you know and so i think that's kind of an interesting theme there too is that like he, he's dealing with this sort of outsider status and and it's like the one thing that he can cling to is his uh connection to the the base that he's been protecting and uh he know. also now what we haven't mentioned yet is the uh radio waves or so they're there at the base to protect this tower that yeah. you're not supposed to be able to stay there for more than a week or two at a time. Like, so right. he's saying he rotates with someone else. I don't know. I, my mind was going logistically. Yeah, like maybe he lost the commander like, that doesn't notice the guy's not leaving. Right. Um, well, we don't find out until later that the other commander was, he did something to him. Okay. Right? Like he, isn't that kind of, I don't know. I thought it was well, he okay. The so dog. for the audience member, this is spoiler. This is totally spoiler. We're in spoiler alert. We're yeah. in spoiler alert. But yeah, he kills Please. in the beginning. They had a contextual uh, before the credits. There's this weird POV scene with a dog, and the dog's bark barking. Then you hear the dog whim whimper. Then you hear the dog getting killed, and then you're into the movie. And you, uh, well, during that, you see like a bunker. So, and then when the guys show up to the base, you see the bunker and the sergeant says, don't go in that bunker no matter what happens. So there's something about the bunker and then the movie happens. So, right. uh, so, you know, you're, you know, the bunker's there, but then the movie happens, you kind of forget about it. But every horror movie has a element of an investigation. And then those mm -hmm. three guys, those, those four guys with the three and then Matan, they get together somewhere in the end of act two against the sergeant because they're like this stuff doesn't add up you know you're there's no other ser sergeant you've been here this whole time I, we went in your room and all this other other stuff and uh i think that really carries the movie through because it's a very slow build which is cool if it's paced well and they did pace it very very i think well, the, re I the, the reason the pacing worked so well is because you had um like all these pranks like it's basically like one prank after another with the um with the other uh soldiers and then like they kind of they they pressure and coerce the sergeant into like leaving the base to go party and make him stay and uh and they basically pull this massive prank on him there and then yeah, what do they call when they wrap up the things what are they, when they say kefia. it again the, yeah the, they the wrap type up of shawl that the, the uh, palestinians where it's called yeah. the kefia yeah kefia yeah. And they, okay. They yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. They dress up like a but They basically try to spook the hell out of them. They leave the base. Well, they come did. back, and they basically dress up like um, Arabs, trying to scare him and make him think that they're infiltrating the base. And uh, then they take off the masks, their masks, and they start laughing. And, and they laugh. Out. And my man Matan 
got in all their fit faces and he had a great monologue. Whoever that actor is, I wish I could pronounce his name, but he really did. Which actor? In- the guy uh, who plays Matan. Oh yeah. I, I um, he's really good. He's uh, Itai. He is good. Itai Zavolon. Yeah. Itai Zavolon was he's very, a, very good. I think he's involved in a lot of theater as well. I don't know. Probably. He does he a lot of TV series since then. Okay. Cool. This looks to be early on for him. Yeah. This seven years ago. Can I just say this one thing? Sorry, what was? Well, I want to hear Seth. I, what is when you watch Israeli films and, and TV, part of the enjoyment of it, because it, it, the whole country's the size of New Jersey, the theatrical and film community is incredibly small, and they and they like to work with each other. It's like, like one ensemble, basically. It's like yeah, it's everybody knows that everybody. It's one de- one degree of separation. Like everybody's been yeah. in a film with somebody who's been in a film with uh, an actor. You know. With my former okay. roommate. <laughs> right. Let me just say this one thing. During that prank, they had the whole thing with the keys. So the guy with the kefa had the keys and Matan was in uh, the Jeep and Matan couldn't leave because the guy, the terrorist, had the keys and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Wrong. Wrong. All military vehicles do not require keys. It's an ignition on on uh, near the gas pe- pedal that you push that does the spark plug that turns on the thing so that's one continuity er- like error which i think is fine abram left uh, yeah i'm sure there's no there's probably just technical difficulties but did you okay. guys notice okay so here's one thing because i'm not sure i'm not so sure that um i was thinking that and correct me if i'm wrong but the sergeant um he goes by sort of two names that he's sort of like playing at this dual personality like he changes so i don't know if he killed somebody or just took over their personality and is wrote pretending to rotate but if he you goes remember by the when name they us okay and then there's also another name like adam or something okay right Dom. that's the other guy's name and that's that's oh, who the computer adam is, the is. Other, yeah he's the other um uh star sergeant that yes is supposedly the asshole sergeant the asshole sorry okay but if you remember when they arrived at the base, there was the two attractive ladies. Yeah. And they were asking for where the third was. And they said something like, Oh, the sergeant asked them to do something or something like that. And then when the one guy, I think it was Matan, when he went into the bunker and found the dog head. Yeah. Didn't he? Or maybe it was after when the other two guys went down there and they picked up it yeah. looked like a pink tank top. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, that. yeah. But so they I was killed, thinking, I think they, oh, no. he killed the he girl. He killed the other guy. No, oh, the girl? No, I because the girls mentioned there was somebody missing. They were going, where is she? And they said, oh, well, the think, sergeant. So I was going, so it left me thinking, is this I, guy, is I he just pretending to be back, two people? Though. Did she? No, no, no. I think what happened was, no, they, they were calling her, and then she came, and they were saying, like, um, they were just commenting on how the other guy, the, the guy that they had was an asshole. But I think he, mm. I think he ended up, he killed the other sergeant. Yes. Um, but I don't think he killed. But he did girl. keep talking about himself in like the third person. So he I was always, thinking he is pretending to be Adam as well as Sauce or whatever his name is. Stoss. Yeah, I, thought I was, was a little weird. confused. Confused. I don't think it he was, was pretending. I, I think he was just like. I think he was using his computer and stealing his, he stole his stuff and he, I think he murdered him. Okay. Um, and I think he just, I think he just referred to himself in the third person because he's a, he's a weirdo, you know. But wouldn't like base command know that the second sergeant didn't go back to home base? 
I mean, I think this is something that like it just happened. Like it okay. just happened. All right. Like I it, just, it, it, like he was like they got there on the base right as this guy's like kind of like he killed the dog. Going nutty. Yeah, because and the, it, the it, blood it's is like he's been spiraling fresh. out of control or something. Yeah, because the blood is still fresh in the thing. And then when then when they were pulling the prank on Matan, Matan got really scared, went into the bunker, which was off lit limits, and found the mess. Then when he came yeah. back out, he yelled at everybody, and then they turned the lights back on, and then those three jerks saw the blood on Matan, and Matan's like, I told you, yeah, things exactly. are weird. And then they get, wait, what's in Stas's room? Where's yeah. Stas? They, they thought, Stas Matan initially thought that the three of them were in on this, like, dog skeleton. Right, thing. and they're like, what are you talking about, dog? Yeah, and, and that's, when the all, whole, that's when the whole film starts to get, like, like really if you're, the, if you're lying to Matan the whole time, you're just lucky Matan believed you. And I did kind of like like the like the one where they said Matan, you're okay, and then Matan goes off by himself, and then he's talking to himself in the mirror, you know. And I forget what he was saying, but he was like thinking he was cool. I just I thought that was really great. Yes, that yeah. was after he told them off, and then the two guys went to the bunker. The guy, I think his name is Ron. Yeah. The guy who was like sort of trying to befriend him goes up into the tower. Um, and Roy. he's like, yeah. Oh, Roy. Okay. Yeah. Um, and he goes in and he's like proud of himself. He's like repeating what he said and like looking yeah. how it looks for him to see it. So it's like, he's, a he's looks, and he looks, and he looks cool. yeah. yeah, yeah. In terms of the film. So I'll just give you my, my own review. Um, I sort of, so I forgot that it was a comedy or I didn't realize that it was a comedy. So it sort of, for me, I was like, I don't know if this is a horror comedy. It's one of those things where I feel like it's on the verge of it. And then I was wondering if it, this is more, maybe more of like an Israeli film comedy thing that maybe I'm just not, you know, familiar with the culture. Um, but I was sort of like, there was some funny moments. But then for me, it just sort of then seemed kind of silly. And so yeah, I was silly. like, I can't take the movie seriously because it's sort of like I didn't like for me I didn't love the balance I guess of the horror and comedy um I don't know I'm not exactly sure what the line is or something but there was a moment where they were battling and I think Stoss said something and I was just like oh come on but it was the way that it was like presented just the like, moment didn't yeah. totally work for me yeah um, when he got but, pissed at him when he pulls the gun on him yes and and he's like I told you to like I forget you know, what it was, but I was, no, just it was like, like, he's oh. like, you didn't, you, he's like, you didn't, uh, you know, you didn't, uh, put your gun together properly because you're trying to shoot him. Like, yeah. It's like, I never learned how to clean a gun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, no, the whole okay, thing so, is super silly. Yeah. The whole so thing the whole is movie, silly. I was like, okay, I don't know what's going on. This movie is taking forever. I'm not <laughs> sure. Like I, and I kept waiting for the horror. I was like, is this a horror movie? Like I even went and checked. I was like, I don't know. Is this a horror movie? Because I, I feel like this is a thriller. I'm not even sure what it is. I'm really not sure. About halfway told through. me it was zombies. Yeah, I thought it was zombies, zombies? too. And I, yes, yeah, I thought you, you said zombies. You and I was like, there's zombies. zombies. Where are the zombies? Yeah, you did say zombies. zombies. I was, that, that was a, first pitch. a different movie. First pitch. Or it might have been miswritten in a description that we looked up. Yeah, maybe we were reading off of a description. There is, another, there is another film called Freaks Out that is about zombies, I think. Yeah. Um, so that's probably well, for the record, this film has nothing to do with nothing zombies. to do with zombies. And it's totally disappointed. It's a that. totally silly, like farcical film. 
Uh, it is. It is. Yeah. It's, it's not it re- really meant to be scary at all. It reminded me of yeah. a, a, a movie called Wolf Creek, that was based mm-hmm. on a true story out of Australia. It had a slow build. It was more violent than scary. There was no not, nothing supernatural, just like Freak Out, and it was like that. But Freak Out was really. It was funny. I was laughing yeah. aloud. I. Know? I. That's what. For me, like the, I thought this movie was hilarious from like the jump. I just, I thought the like, yeah, the mother. Stuff I thought all the weird movie. like hazing shit was so like it was so accurate too. <laughs> like that is like such. I mean, I don't know. Honestly, just, I would it, flip it's out. It's a super freaking Israeli film. That's all I. I would about. flip out. Israeli. Are they all like that over there? Because I would, I would all, flip everyone out. Everyone that is exactly like that. Shot. No, I would flip out. I'd be like. <laughs> And I would just flip out. Put me in Leavenworth. I'll well, I mean, Leavenworth. no, but like, like to be fair, I mean, a lot of you know military culture is like that. No, it's, it's, it's a lot it's of like, That's. I mean, part. you guys are wearing the same uniform. Right. Well, if I was Baton. Sorry, I, I want to hear what Seth was saying. I think the 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 strongest thing of the whole movie is the camaraderie. That was it. Camaraderie. 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 Or lack thereof of these guys. My camera is bouncing. It's okay. I, I was just saying that. If yeah, you, it's you the rapport. I think the rapport. It's the smell my farts of the three guys. Yes. That's young, what I loved about this. In, and it's yeah. like guys do that, especially when they don't have any real power because they're 17, 18, 19 yeah. years old and they're in the military yeah. on yeah. missions that really don't mean anything. Yeah, but I have another question. Like, how do you really define? It's a wide genre, horror comedy. Like, is it Evil Dead? Is it Cabin in the Woods? Is well, it? See, that's the it? that's the beauty of it because, like, I think yeah. on some level, like, every horror movie, no matter how scary they try to make it, As a, is yeah. fucking silly and stupid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. even like the, like the torture place. porn shit. Like Saw and those kinds like of films. Saw Five, but like, especially. but if you think about all the the horror movies from like the golden era and like the eighties, we have like whatever Freddy Krueger and all that shit. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, some of it's ridiculous. I mean, yeah. all my favorite horror movies from when I was a kid are, are re- totally silly. I mean, the like, my, I don't know. My favorite horror movie of all time is The Ice Cream Man with Clint Howard. I mean, it's in Clint. <laughs> Most people don't even know about this film. It's sort of a cult. It is a cult classic. We should probably do it. We should do that one. Uh, but basically, it's a it's an ice cream guy who like you know likes to murder people and mix them. I do love me some Clint Howard. I do like Clint Howard. He's good. He's he's yeah. good. Yeah. He's got a face for horror. He for does. Sure. Yes, he does. But he's I mean, yeah. like horror is a horror is a silly genre, and even horror when people try to do it. Yeah, it's a wide umbrella too. It's one of those things where you could say. This is why people, whenever I tell people, oh, I love horror, all types of horror, and they're like, oh, I don't like horror, and you just rattle off like Jaws and just a couple of little films, and then they go, well, that's not really. Oh, The Exorcist. It kind of technically is. It's a monster film, but it's it technically could be a horror film. It's just it falls under the not. It's not gory. It's not like super edge on your seat. Um, it's not like shocking, you know, depending on the person, but like, so you could go from anywhere from, you know, the torture porn of Eli Roth, you know, which some people are really into the, the 80s slasher films 
down to like The Exorcist. You say The Exorcist to people that, oh yeah, I love that film. Oh, Rosemary's Baby. Oh, I love that. Those are horror well, films. You, it's so a you, very yeah. broad category. And and I think the best is when there, there's so many like little jokes, like inside yeah. jokes going on in a horror movie. Like this mm-hmm. film was full of those. Which it was did. Great. It did. They yeah. did that really well, especially like even the very end when after he's like, he kills, like Stas kills all of the, the, the other soldiers. And then he, and then Matan, you know, um, in defense, self-defense, ends up killing Stas, and 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 yeah. And then at the very end, he's on a stretcher, and there's like all these like um, medical personnel there, and the guys like, "Do you want to call your mom?" And and then he's like, um, <laughs> I, "He says I don't know. no." I think she's. <laughs> I, he says no. I think she would just freak out. Yeah. You know. No, I thought it was done well that way. <laughs> but it's like, yeah. but, the, but the same thing. Like it's like a punchline. Like all these. These like uh, like Rosemary's Baby. It's just like one punchline after another until you get to the very end, where she's like, "Yeah, you were impregnated with the devil's child." The devil. And and not only that, you like, saw the rape and, scene. And she's like, "This is your this is your son." And he's like, "He and he says, look at his um, eyes. but look at his eyes." And then he's like, "He has, he his, has father's his father's eyes." eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "But, but." Oh, well, I forget yeah. the name of the character. His eyes are normal. His eyes are normal. It's like, that's not his guys, father. Guy's eyes are normal. Guy, guy's eyes are normal. He's like, Satan is his father. You know, hail I mean, Satan. That, hail Satan. I mean, that you know movie is funny? fucking hilarious. Rosemary's baby, they, they say, let Mia Farrow take care of the baby. Let her take care, care of it. And then she goes to the thing and... Like, she starts oh, rocking okay. it, and, and like, the camera pans out. Yeah, I could see how that could be funny. Where it's, it's hilarious. Like... It's a hilarious, <laughs> hilarious ending. Yeah. I think it depends you know. on people's sense of humor, but I will say with this film is it reminded me of um, when I selected I forget which episode it was the film Rubber. Yeah. And the person who recommended it to me said, you know, I watched the film and I didn't like it. I thought it was so stupid. But then like they started thinking about it, and then they were like, I have to watch it again. I just, I don't know something about it. And then they were so mad that they actually liked the film. But I think, so I went into this film thinking, one, it was a zombie horror film. So I was completely taken back of like, this is definitely not a zombie horror film. Um, but then I, I did think about the film after. So it wasn't one of those films where you just watch it and you're like, oh, that was entertaining. It really does give you some things to think about. And I think that that is a well done part on the writing and the direction of the film because they really make all the characters real. They're definitely not like one dimensional. They all have a great personality. Um, They have their wants. They're well cast. They're well acted. Um, even if it's like silly, stupid lines, but it, it that works. Like what you guys were talking about, that rapport. Yeah. Um, it works. So it does. And and then at the part where, um, you know, Matan, and then they even have Matan like redeem his manhood. It just they they hit all those marks, which yes. I think does bring in into the comedy like of the writing. They hit all the points where he has like he his you know save the cat moment is in the beginning where he wants to pay the arabs you know they all run out and he's like we have to pay them right like he's like the good guy right they show you that right off the bat and then at the end when uh he's about to kill roy again right because roy's not dead right and he's like and he works up his courage uh stas is going to kill roy he stabbed him oh yeah yeah he stabbed him and he's like dragging himself and and matan like runs away and he knows he's going to him and he like works up his courage and goes and attacks him doesn't work but he still has that moment of like he finds his courage um i was i was the one part this is so stupid but um when they were in the bunker the two guys and the real macho guy uh the dark uh one i forget which guy the guy that doesn't get the axe the second guy yeah where he chokes him basically 
Yeah. The spike. Uh, yeah, the better looking one. I um, think that's Uzi. Yeah, so he gets like knocked down and then choked, and I was just like, I thought he was like so tough, and like that's it. I just I don't know. I wanted to see like a little bit more of a fight in that moment. I was just like, wow, he really was like a little. Well, he was suffering from the element of surprise. Also, also one of those those big tough tough guys. If you pop him in the nose, big tough guys never get popped in the nose. So if you actually do do it, they get they you know you're not supposed to punch me back i'm supposed to scare you first or something yeah you know but i do i do yeah. wonder yeah I well do, i mean i, I agree with you it's one of those films like i i actually um i watched it four times uh and and partially because i i thought the i i thought it was like um the writing and the structure was so tight and um mm-hmm. and that i thought there was so there the the um the dialogue was really dense there was a lot of like nuance packed into one movie and but it wasn't jumbled like everything was really cohesive and partially i'm also studying hebrew and trying to get better so if i have an opportunity to watch a movie or tv show multiple times to help me learn the language it's like i take that opportunity and i really enjoyed the film so much um that i did watch it a bunch of times and it every time i watched it it was like better um, yeah nice and and i and the other reason is like I'm, I'm trying to understand how you can make a really tight film on a low budget. Like I really don't think they spent much money on this film at all. And Israeli, um, Israeli government gives a lot of um, grants, and I know that this film was also that they definitely got some like public funding for it. Yeah. Uh, but and, and also the ability to, I think the location that they shot at, they probably got some special situation where they could do that at a pretty low cost yeah, i really was, think this movie cost very little money to make yeah. you know it was one and, of those and i was impressed by that um like, just not the, many extras yeah there were very few people and i mean there weren't any extras really hardly at all and most of, for most of the film it was basically mm-hmm. like a small ensemble and i just like any piece of artwork that somebody makes where they um squeeze a lot out of they, they take like as few resources as you can imagine, and try to squeeze as much out of it as they can. I always really appreciate that. And I always kind of want to revisit those things and see like, well, how did they do it? You know, mm-hmm. how are they able to pull it off? And I think uh, I was just, you know, impressed with, with um, what they were able to accomplish with a really lean budget and without a lot, like a ton of uh, special effects. And yeah. You know. The other thing I wanted to mention about with it being in the horror category is there's always like the, um, the villain, you know, a, a typical oh, yeah. anime movie, there's the antagonist. Um, and with this one, I was like, is it a person or is it the uh, radio antenna? Because that's uh, the other thing, because especially nowadays, some people talk about, I don't know if it's a conspiracy theory or whatnot, but 5G, all right. the waves that are out there, how is it affecting people? Are people having chips put in to like turn their personality? So I feel like this movie has like a little bit of an undercurrent to it. It would be interesting to watch it again because he does... Stas does say something like it does something to you. Oh yeah, you know, yeah and he sure. goes over to the tower and he like puts his hand there and his hand goes. Stas um, Matanda's he walks over and his the the hairs rise on him. So yeah, I'm wondering yeah. when you go into the bunker, like, are you gonna? Is it like radioactive? Are you gonna like radio, transform radio. or like turn into a zombie? Like, what's right. so there was kind of that to it. So I was kind of going, is it a person or is it like the place? So that, I thought that that was sort of interesting because they really did they didn't make it super obvious as to like. I don't know what exactly what I'm looking for, you right. know, like there wasn't a story of like, well, some on some nights, 
the werewolf comes out. You know, it was like they just there isn't anything. I think they also there's also this sense like in the film that everybody's just a victim of their respective circumstances. Yeah. You know, that there is no real villain. It's just like this. It's the culture and the society and the circumstances that brought all these people into this screwed up environment. Like Mm -hmm. it's nobody's fault. It's just it's it's just what happens sometimes Mm -hmm. when a bunch of people end up in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. So it did have a lot of subtext to it, which I liked. Yeah. It had a lot of, which is, you know, which is why I think it left me thinking about it. And then I was like, I felt like that guy I was like, I was like, we'll do it. I think I might like the film now. Cause yeah. when I first watched it, I was like, ah, I don't know. I was expecting zombies. Um, yeah. Watch <laughs> it again. Judy. I, I have to, it's free for anyone who's watching. Who's watching later. It's currently free on Tubi. If you can put up with the commercials. Otherwise I believe it's also for purchase on Amazon prime. Um, and there might be some other places. Um, yeah. Isn't he streaming? If you want to, if you want to like dive deep into a bunch of like Israeli TV and film, uh, you can download the Izzy app, which is relatively inexpensive. It's, I think it's like four or five bucks a month and you can watch yeah. a lot of, uh, different stuff. And there's a plug for Izzy. Yeah. There's a plug for Izzy. There you go. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I don't really have much more to add. I really enjoyed this and I'm, I'm glad that you guys were patient with our first, uh, um, foreign yes. language film and, um, you know, that you guys were on board with this and, uh, that's all I got. Like I definitely rock and um, rock and roll, uh, yeah. Matan, call me, you and I, <laughs> um, all right, we'll get some, mean, what do they call it? Itai. His name is Itai. Itai. No, yeah, he's we'll a great, it. he's a great actor. He's, he, you know, he was good. No, he was, he was, he was good. He was yeah. good. Yeah. The, I, that was another thing. Like I mentioned, like, the acting was quite good. Uh, yeah. It was, yeah. You know, they, like um, they really knew what they were doing, or maybe they they had enough time to get. It was it so right. natural. They were. It was cast know. well. Yeah, yeah. They, it, they even looked the part too. You know, and that Stas yeah. character, which I was looking for, like he does. The, like I would want it. He's so goofy looking. He's so weird. I mean, yeah, in such he's a cool like, way. He's like his face. It's like yeah. it, uh, with a face it's like, like comical, that, he becomes like really an actor. comical. Yeah. Like I just um, was like a guy with a, that looks like that. He becomes an actor. But I couldn't I find him in anything else. But uh, no, maybe somebody's cousin or something. Maybe he's more of a writer. Maybe he's the writer. I don't know. You know? No, he wasn't the writer. Um, but has he been in anything else? I, I couldn't find him I in anything. Uh, his name is Kyle, and he I, his <laughs> name is Kyle Korabelnikov. So he actually legitimately is. No, he doesn't even have an IMDb. Thing. Yeah, he does. Um, he was in a, a film in 2021 called Forgotten Nation. He was in uh, and a film in 2007 called Vazermil. And those yeah, are the only that. films that, those are the only credits he has on IMDb. But a uh, shout out to Kyle uh, Korabelnikov. Yeah, that was a doing great. epic performance. It, re- but, it really, it really was. Um, I, I couldn't get enough, enough mm. of it. Anyway, I, I, still any- that, I still want to punch Uzi in the face for being such a jerk. But you know that's that's what you want to know. No, it's not that. Any closing closing uh, comments? Um, I think if you get over the idea that at some point there might be werewolves, <laughs> or or, <laughs> or, or uh, you know a bunch of like ancient Muslim spirits or Jewish vampires or something, because it is a is a feeling that you, I don't know if it's because of the way it was pushed or because it. Ways built up, and if you, instead you just go, oh no, this is one of those movies where people are going to be like jerks to you, 
like during Horror Night at Summer Camp, where they yeah. tell those stories and like trying out Alpha each other. Then it's a really great movie. And then I also think that the that the, the actor who plays Stop, it's sort of a really hard archetypical role of the guy going crazy in a certain type of film. Whether it's like the guy in the seven, the homeless guy in the seventies horror movie is like yeah, keeping him down in the sewer, like in Judd and Scamit, or is or, or like a guy who's like, you know, the CEO of a giant corporation, and then you find out he's crazy and who like crazy is hard to do in a horror movie because if you do it the wrong way, the genre flips into something completely different. And you and yeah, and you get on crutches. Like what I would yeah. call a crutch. So if you you got to be you got to play crazy in a certain way because if you're just crazy, it's not interesting. Just like anger, you got to play anger and and you got to mix it with something else. Other, otherwise, it's boring. Like specifically, I think it's like the, the, his relationship to the radio tower is very specific and interesting. Yeah. To him, but I couldn't tell you what's really going on in the game that he's doing. Right. Yeah, no, I was gonna say I think with the with the going crazy is it's about dedication. Yeah. It's and it's the same thing with, with anger. It can't just be like, oh I'm angry. It's like it needs to be a focus, like a yeah, central or, point to it. Or it's like anger with fear, anger with guilt, anger yes. with shame. You well that's, that's why I think it's always good to go for the love choice, because the way you love something is always specific. So mm-hmm. even if you're in love with a radio tower, there's the way you're in love. It's with, my yeah. radio tower. Yeah, your get away from my radio tower. Differently than it talks to other people. This radio yeah. tower is my home. Yeah. You know, Cronenberg does that really well with his body horror stuff. Like everyone has a different relationship, specific to them with the disease, but it always seems like it's it's intimate and emotional. Right. Like in the void. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So okay, cool. Who's um, next? Yeah. What's where, where do? Is yeah, it who's up next? Sean. It's not me. It's me. Wait, hang it's on. Sean, isn't it? Um, it's either okay. Sean or Seth. Yeah, so Arizona Dream was the last one Sean did. Then we did The Swimmer. Then we did High Spirits. Then we did me. Yeah, so Sean is next. Then Seth. Then Judy. So 1991's, Sean, 1991's Body Parts starring Jeff Fahey. I already made the thumbnail. <laughs> okay, directed All right. by, uh, written, co-written and directed by a man named Eric Red, who is, if you know your 80s, you know Eric Red. You'll All right. Where, do you know where we could find it or where viewers could find it currently? And probably any anywhere. It was made in 1991, which was a year that 3,000 movies were made in that year. There was wow. an unbelievable amount of movies were made in that in that year, and uh, no, I don't know, but it's, uh, it's Prime Video. It's I'm, okay. I'm looking it up right now, so okay. it's available to rent on Amazon Prime. Um, it I'm sure is it's available. Yeah, I mean, I that's the only thing that comes up, but maybe it's a. Um, let me look. Let me do a little. I haven't seen a movie okay. when I was a kid. My mom used to rent a lot of stuff, 
And I always liked Jeff Fahey. He played Lawnmower Man the next year. Yeah, played, Lawnmower Man. I just yeah. want to know Jeff Fahey. Yeah, okay. he was, and he played Lapidus in Lost. And I, I think he's a great actor. Uh, he just hasn't, mm-hmm. but and this is one of his few leads. So okay, and he um, plays so a normal. Man. It's available to rent um, pretty much everywhere, but it's not really. It's not available to stream for free okay. anywhere. So it's available to rent on Amazon, Google Play, YouTube, Vudu. Okay. Apple TV, Redbox, etc., and Voodoo somewhere paid. between two ninety nine and three ninety nine to rent it. You have to okay. pay on Voodoo. Weird. All right. All right. Well, cool. Yeah. So body parts. You guys are going to let like it. Seth, Seth, and I are working on a story that has body horror involved, and I haven't seen body parts since I was a kid. And you guys okay. can see how how obscure it is once you get the storyline down. Okay. Because it's something you've never seen before. And that's Eric Red. I, I always liked yeah. his stuff. He did a Western with Mickey Rourke. I wanna I wanna watch yeah, too. Yeah. Mm. It's called The Last Outlaw. It was an HBO movie. It was like an HBO film in ninety-six. Eric mm. Red, he wrote The Hitcher and directed by somebody else, Eric Red. Oh uh, yeah. he Hitcher's co-wrote good. Near Dark. Eric Red and Catherine lower together. Yeah. Well, Eric Red and Catherine Bigelow were partners for a while, and then they separated. Okay. And so, you know. He's, right. he, and in the meanwhile, a- too, um, we'll put on Instagram and we'll put on this video when we're going to record this next one. I don't think we've set the date yet. But I want to just say for viewers, if you want to go watch the film ahead of time, and then if you have any questions or things that you want us to answer uh, reach out to us either through Instagram or through um, one of the platforms to get it to us so that hopefully we can. And jump you know, on our live. Yeah. And interact with us. Um, Please do. Even if you disagree any- with me, I, uh, you know, I welcome that because I'm so, I'm so, uh, I'm, I'm never wrong. So once, so if somebody proves me wrong, the, oh. I'm looking for the day until somebody proves oh. me wrong. I'm looking for that day. So. Like an subjective or objective thing? Both. I got I got uh, the metrics. Well, they can scroll down. back to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> just saying, but we still love you. No, it's just instead of having a Patreon ca- account, can we buy every copy of Vegas and just send Sean to different cities? If you do, if let's you just give him a wedding cake of Vegas. Seattle. At the uh, at the Fourth of July float, selling copies of. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you buy all the co- copies of what happens in Vegas, you're going to shoot up the stock. Oh, and to the viewer at at home, check out my shirt. If you could guess what movie this is from, I'll send you some baseball cards. All right, biocarbon albumin. All right. Yeah, right, any guys. movie recommendations? Also, let us know. Yeah, definitely. Let us know your thoughts. We love. Loving comments and hateful comments. Yeah. Bring them on. Like, dislike, whatever. Yeah, we, we a, can handle it. So it's I'm all a good. Zen Buddhist monk. So I, only get mad at, I, I only get mad at Abram. Okay. <laughs> on that note. <laughs> all right. Good night, everyone. Rock and roll.